You're listening to the Behind the Tee podcast hosted by your favorite club curlers, Rob and Kelly. The show where we share our thoughts on what's happening in the curling world with the internet. But let's be real, we end up talking about football half the time anyways. All right, we're back. Hey, Rob. Hey, Kelly and Charlie. We have a new co-host today. We do. A little silent one. I have a dog on my lap uh, while recording this episode, so if you hear a little dog licking sounds or a random bark here or there i apologize ahead of time so charlie is the dog charlie is adorable by the way i can see her through the webcam and i'm trying to talk to charlie but of course i'm coming through kelly's earphone so that's not gonna work yeah maybe we'll take a a little picture and um put it on our instagram yeah there we go yeah she'll be our new mascot that's (laughs) Uh, so how was your week uh it's been we had a little break from sports because there was nothing to watch on tv this week it's been really weird kelly to jump from uh the super bowl or the scotties to the super bowl to the olympics to there's been nothing two weeks of just absolutely nothing i don't know what to do with myself it's been really weird i've been really busy with work and everything else fortunately so but when i come home at night and i'm ready to turn on whatever sports event we're supposed to talk about there is nothing. There is nothing. Well, this uh, timing worked out great because I just binge watch Love is Blind every week. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel too guilty watching that and, and having to miss sports. Yeah, we'll start a side pro- or side podcast one day about all these other shows that are... Yeah. Um, so, Kelly, the Briar's coming up. That is the worst segue I've ever come up with, by the way. Normally, we come up with much better things and I don't know, but... Yeah, I might just cut that out. <laughs> But no, um, no, you have a little break before the Briar starts, and then I guess that kind of kicks off a whole other bunch of back-to-back sports, because then we'll have the Worlds, men's and women's, and right. then the Mixed Doubles Championship. I assume mean they're broadcasting that as well, the Canadian one. I think so, and um, actually, I will say that I did stumble across a little bit of curling this week, and I don't mean that I, I didn't watch it, but YouTube was recommending live curling to me, and there's actually a lot of junior provincials going down right now across the country, because um, junior pro- provincial or nationals are usually in January, and uh, January was the height of Omicron, so good for all these junior teams that they're getting their shot, and the championship will be, I think, in late March, early April, so there's all kinds of provincials happening across the country and YouTube was trying to get me to watch it. I didn't watch because I don't know anybody, but... That's good for them because, you know, it would really suck to be a 19-year-old last year because it was completely cancelled last year because the pandemic. And then for it to be cancelled again this year and at 21, you have to age out. So if you're like right on that cusp of aging out and you just miss your last two years of curling, of junior curling, yeah. that's really unfortunate the stress of playing juniors kelly like it's uh it's the one thing i can think of where one of the things that you're always consoled with when you lose a big game is don't worry there's always next year and junior curling is the one example where there is not necessarily a next year there's next year until you turn 21 yeah so it's really heartbreaking to you know lose that provincial final in your last year and you're just like oh this is it for me especially if you don't really have plans to going fully competitive that's why i can't wait to turn 50 (laughs) just go for seniors or you can be like glenn howard and just play both indefinitely (laughs) that's it yeah watch me make the briar and fail to make seniors that would be hilarious that's okay we both know neither of that is gonna happen (laughs) but anyways hey there that's a better briar segue yeah i agree yeah so the teams are out 
so we'll run through them and kind of give our um, thoughts on who we think will be, do well and who won't and comment on certain teams who are there and those who are not. Yeah, and uh, unlike last year, um, there were playdowns for uh, virtually every team here, I believe. Um, I know at least one province that had to choose its representative, but uh, I think every other province had a legitimate playdown, unlike last year. So, And they still have the three wildcard spots as well, which is the same right. as last year. All right, so let's just jump into it, I guess. All right. Okay, so team number one is Team Canada. Uh, from the Savile Community Center. They were very big in the news this year. Uh, so we have Brendan Botcher, who's finally found a third. Uh, by the way, we have never talked about that yet. So before we do the rest <laughs> of the teams, I think we should actually... Yeah, Patrick Jansen. And, and then the same front end, Brad Thiessen and Karik Martin. So interesting choice of third. Um, there's a lot of speculation going around. And we've talked about it too offline because it took a long time before they actually announced who the third was going to be. Right. And we should say that Patrick Jansen was the alternate coming into this whole thing. So he already was on the team and now he's just stepping up to fill up uh, or to fill in for Darren Molding. Exactly. I hope I hope someone writes a tell-all book at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Gives us the background information on what happened. I would have thought that Botcher, when they made the uh, call to, I guess, part ways from Molding, that they would have had someone lined up. But I don't think that was the case. It's very interesting because um, maybe we shouldn't speculate, but you know what? What the hell? Let's go ahead and speculate. When that team change happened, one of the things that could be a problem is that it was the weirdest timing ever. Like, when was this? Early December or something like that, which is unprecedented for a team breakup in terms of timing. Uh, if you're trying to recruit a new player, they've already, they're presumably already committed to uh, their teams as they enter their own playdowns. We speculated that maybe uh, Botcher was waiting for somebody to lose in their provincials, get eliminated, and have some big-name player available, and never really panned out. And what I'm thinking is that he probably asked around and was turned down by quite a few people. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case because, yeah, it's very unusual for a team to split that early in a season, especially if you're already Team Canada. That's a, a free spot at the Briar. Uh, and you think a lot of people would jump on that, too. I already said that I would say no. So uh, <laughs> I wasn't... <laughs> yes. Sure. <laughs> I didn't take too kindly to uh, the whole personal reasons issues from earlier in the year. But I'm guessing perhaps fair to say that that could have affected... I wouldn't be surprised if it, it did for, for certain people. Or at least it maybe made them second guess their decision. or Perhaps, yeah. Yeah. And that said, I don't think uh, this is a long-term thing. I think this team will either uh, find a new permanent third or completely retool itself. I think they'll shuffle up again um, at the end of the year when all the other teams shuffle up. Right. And I think that Botcher is not going to have any problem finding a player at the end of the year. I think just the, the the personal reasons thing probably did rub some people the wrong way, but the timing was also very awkward but it's really clear, okay, enough of their speculating. It's pretty clear to everybody, right, that uh, Patrick Jansen was not the first choice. Because if he was, why didn't they just name him immediately exactly. in the first place? He was already on the team. And then two months later, you decide he's the guy going in. So I know that's not, they're never going to admit to that. But we're all thinking that, right? Yeah, exactly. let's be real. 
Um, so moving on straight from the set of the Men's with Brooms uh, movie, <laughs> we got Team Alberta here from the Glencoe Curling Club. So you know them very well. Kevin Cooey, BJ Newfeld, John Morris, and Ben Hebert. Oh, check out the alternate, Carter Rycroft. Yeah, he's back. He's back. That'll be fun. I say right off the set of the Men's with Brooms, um, if you look at their picture on the Curling Canada website uh, for the Briar, they have a very powerful <laughs> stance. Uh, Morris and Cooey just like having their broom casually over their shoulder and Ben and BJ just in that trying like, to look tough power tough stance yeah yeah it's looking funny. intimidating the only thing that's missing is one of them should be falling on their back <laughs> yeah it's just like a stark contrast to the other pictures that are very traditional team pictures either like you know the four members of the team just squatting on the ice right or lined up yeah exactly so hey maybe this We'll start a new trend in curling and we'll get some more uh, dynamic pictures. I like it. I think teams should be more creative with their team pictures. Yeah, but I'm really curious to see how how they'll do this year. They might dominate. They might. I think they're entertaining to watch for various reasons. I do too. They're very all very passionate. And yeah, there's never a dull moment with them playing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, whether they're winning or losing, like it's a dramatic game. And I think I like to watch just for that. I don't even care if they win or not. I know. And to see how much time they'll have left on the clock in the 10th end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a big thing. It's like, you don't really care if they're going to win or not. They're like, will they make it to the end of the game before attitude? <laughs> that's an easy square to cover in Briar Bingo, which I really hope comes back this year. Yeah, or maybe we can start one. We'd have yeah, to. it'll be pretty easy to come up with one after like one day. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll get the lay of the land and see. Uh, okay, so this is the commercial that we're going to see every day. This is what's going to happen. And I'm also curious to see how John Morris is going to rebound after his Olympic stint. Uh, that did not go so well. So I wonder if that will have an effect on his play at all. I mean, I yeah. don't think so. He's quite the talented and experienced player. But you're bringing up an interesting point, Kelly, or like I think uh, it Makes me wonder, like, are any of them going to be on, I'm going to coin this here, Briar Burnout, by which I mean the goal of this season was for something that happened three months ago. Everybody who's here, except for Brad Gushu, failed in their goal. And they're probably all looking ahead to 2024 or no, sorry, 2026. I can't believe it's 2022. I don't know, actually. But no, you bring up a fair point because, yeah, like the goal of this year was to go to the Olympics. And I bet you there's a lot of players already who are in talks of forming new teams or going to new teams. And we kind of see this at the end of every Olympic cycle where some teams that you think would do well because they have been performing well in the past four years just kind of like disintegrate or just have a really off team dynamics or they just seem very like apathetic to everything. It's because, yeah, that team's going to quit. Someone's ready to leave. Uh, I think in fairness, they will get up for the briar. Like, uh, who can, who cannot? But I mean, I remember a few years ago, it is actually a fair statement because at the World Championships of of an Olympic year, I remember Kevin Cooey was representing Canada. He had won the briar and um, it leaked that his team was going to break up during the World Championships. And he admitted it. He said to the reporters halfway through the week, yeah, this is the last run for this team. And very awkward conditions to play on when you know the team is done and when you're at at the worlds yeah it's kind of awkward but then you can it depends it what the circumstances are because if it's a very mutual breakup and everyone's like okay with it (laughs) um then can you could just take that um approach of like you know what whatever happens happens this is our last hurrah like let's just go and have fun but if there's some animosity there it could be a very long week for them yeah 
I think it created a lot of distraction, though, like, because maybe they're all on good terms with it. But like, once the media comes in and starts shoving microphones in your face asking, like, why are you breaking up? You're still here. It's uh, could not have helped. No. So I am looking forward to the end of the season. There'll be a lot to talk about. All right. So moving on, we have Team British Columbia uh, from the Royal City Curling Club in New Westminster. Uh, so we got Brent Pierce, Jeff Richards, Jared Colomaya, and Nicholas Meister. So this is a n- new team, I think, or a team we sort don't of. see very often. So, well, fun fact, Brent Pierce has not only been to the Briar, he's won the Briar. In what year? Yeah, 22 years ago. I looked it up. <laughs> yeah. He won the 2000 Briar, um, defeating Russ Howard in the final. Oh, okay. Um, Kelly's going to love this team because he's got one heck of a stabilizer. If you're new to the podcast, Kelly is super anti-stabilizer, but his is really weird. It's um, it kind like of a, a spherical. Yeah, or I, it looks like it. It's if I remember right, I've seen it before. It's kind of like a hemisphere. Okay. It's very unusual. And Jeff Richard is the brother of uh, Gina Schrader, so some good curlers here. Oh, and the and the coach is a uh, legendary Steve curler, Steve Gould, inventor of the tick shot. I find it's it's becoming more and more common now for teams just to get um, a famous ex-curler as their coach. I have to say, I love it. Well, at least you know your career is not over once you decide to stop competing. You can just move on to coaching. I, I love it. And actually, that was one of when we went through the list of teams and speculated as to who Canada would pick for the mixed doubles team. I remember we pointed out that Rachel Homan and John Morris had Al Hackner listed as their coach. I was really disappointed not to see him in Beijing. It doesn't get much more legendary than no. that. And I was thinking they did that. They added Al Hackner to increase their chances of being selected. For sure. That's, it was all part of the plan. Um, moving on to Team Manitoba from the West, Paul, uh, West St. Paul Curling Club. Uh, you know them very well too. Mike McEwen, Reed Carruthers, Derek Semigalski, and Colin Hutchins. So I think they'll be in the middle of the pack. Yeah, they um I remember last year they were very disappointing, but I think they've had a better year this year and not that I It's hard to say because... myself up on that. I have done no research at all here. But I did watch a little bit of their final against Colton Lott, who is listed as their alternate, and they looked really strong. They okay. uh I they breezed through the Manitoba Provincials. At least I think they did. Um, it's really hard to win Manitoba. The format that they use is ridiculous. You lose two games, you're automatically out. Oh, wow. That's harsh. And there's tons of teams. It's a crazy long double knockout. I'm pretty sure the moment you lose two games, it's impossible. So anybody who wins Manitoba has to be amazing. And so. And they're definitely... Uh... A very talented team. I think what needs to happen for them is that they just have to peak that week. I find like when they peak, they're great and they're really one of the be- one of the better teams. But can also go south really quickly as well if they don't peak because we've seen that happen as well. So I think it just comes down to like what kind of week they'll have. And yeah, but I'm gonna call them a dark dark horse pick already here, or I'm gonna have them make it. We'll see. And then Rob's favorite team here at. Team New Brunswick from the Gage Golf and Curling Club in Oromocto. We have James Gratton, third Darren Molding, and second in lead Paul Dobson and Andy McCann. Can't wait. Can they keep up the New Brunswick momentum? I am very happy that uh, Darren Molding managed to secure a team to go to the Briar this year. Even though I don't know if he's ever stepped foot in New Brunswick (laughs) recently, (laughs) but... 
I think it, it's also pretty special that it's this team because uh, the New Brunswick team we've mentioned before, well, you know, we always somehow default to New Brunswick when we talk about a team that's never going to really quite do it. And boy, did they prove us wrong at the Scotties. It was beautiful to see. But this team in particular, I feel like is always so close mm-hmm. to contending. And you just have the feeling that if they ever played on arena ice more, they would beat a lot of teams. They can play all these big name teams and keep them close. And so to have a player like Darren Molding come in, I- I'd like to think it makes a big, big difference and it makes them not contenders to win the whole thing, but they should at least mess things up for a lot of good teams. Yeah, and this is the same thing that we've talked about a lot too. Um, like you said, they don't have a lot of opportunity to play on arena ice, and they also they also don't travel much like the other teams no. do. So the fact that they can compete with these top teams or at least be you know competitive, you know, speaks a lot. And yeah, what's also great too is that. They're in the same pool as Team Canada. That was the most important thing. The moment the Briar draw came out, I I immediately looked to say, please say Canada and New Brunswick are in the same pool. Please, please, please. And yes, they are. And I just hope that I haven't looked at the draw in detail, but I just hope that the time that they play will be like an 8 p.m. draw. It's Saturday night. I just looked at That's it. The sports bars will be jammed with people. By the way, can I just, the one thing I don't like about New Brunswick is we look through, like we're looking at the same website here. I do not like their team jackets at all. Oh no. And this is not their New Brunswick jacket. This is their whatever sponsors they have. And well, first of all, they appear to be sponsored by AMJ Campbell, classic curling sponsor. But what's that red thing across their gut? The E? Yeah, it looks like a mask Yeah, that they're wearing over their gut and not their face. (laughs) I have no idea. I'd have to check the sponsor list. But uh, yeah, it's yeah, not good for a jacket. And uh, then moving on. So because um, Gushu went to the Olympics, he did not have the chance to participate in the Newfoundland playdowns. I'm sure every curler in Newfoundland was devastated. <laughs> All two curlers. <laughs> no, they've got more teams, but they got more teams. Yeah, yeah. We got we we've got one province left, Kelly, that we've not insulted. Don't start now. <laughs> no, but I say that because uh, I remember there was one year, a couple years ago where the provincial playdowns were in Labrador. So if you don't know Canadian geography, Newfoundland is an island. And they also have Labrador, which is an area actually attached to the province of Quebec. It's very remote and very north and cold. And uh, so anyways, the provincials were there and only two teams signed up. One Gushu, and the other one was the team from Labrador. <laughs> Absolutely. But it is important to note that when Brad Gushu is not in the provincials because he's Team Canada or at the Olympics, that enrollment in Newfoundland skyrockets. Yeah, because so they, they know. had a legitimate provincials this year <laughs> with a lot of teams. Right. So the team that's going this year is Nathan Young, who also looks very young, Sam Follett, Nathan Lowe, and Ben Stringer. Oh, with coach Toby McDonald. If I remember correctly, a Briar winner himself a long time ago and um, coach of Brad Gushu when he went to the Olympics. But yeah, this team looks uh, like they're fresh out of juniors. <laughs> they may be. I don't know much about them. They beat uh, perennial favorite Greg uh, Smith in the Newfoundland final. He was a fan favorite at past uh, Briars. That's right. Yeah, he was a fan favorite, but good to see a new team. Congratulations to them. Um, obviously, they're going to have their work cut out for them, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. to put it mildly. But well, it's great experience. Um, then moving on, we have Team Northern Ontario from the Community First Curling Centre in the Sault Ste. Marie. Brad Jacobs, Mark Kennedy, AJ Harden, and Ryan Harden. And yeah, they're 
going to be good. Um, boy, that was a great statement, wasn't it? <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Moving yeah, on. Mark Kennedy. Well, no, actually, I can tell you uh, they won the North Ontario Provincials, I believe, in an extra end. It came down to the wire. Oh, okay. They beat a curler who I've never heard of, but whose name is Sandy McEwen. Who else is from Northern Ontario? Not Tanner Horgan. It used to be Tanner Horgan is the big name, but he played out of like regular Ontario, not Northern Ontario. But this Sandy McEwen, it would have been interesting to have two players named McEwen at the Briar. But alas, that will not happen. But hey, they were good at the trials. So yeah, don't sleep we'll on this team. Maybe there's some uh, stuff going on in the background that we don't know. Hmm. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Mark Kennedy leaves that team um, after this year. Yeah, I. it's interesting because he's retired and then unretired. And uh, yeah, I never can really gauge what... And he's like still in Alberta. Like he's the their out-of-province player. Right. So I don't know. And I just, I don't see the Harden brothers ever like splitting. No, and Brad is their cousin too. So like the yeah. three of them are pretty much, uh, I don't want to say a lock to stay together, but... Anything what I would see happening, I think Mark would leave and go back into retirement or just like go to another team that needs like another player. I think Mark is just that like, I'll go wherever people need me if it's convenient for me. Mark, what are you doing Tuesday nights? <laughs> <laughs> and then if the Harden brothers decide like, you know what, it's enough's enough. Like I'm going to focus on work and family. I can maybe see Brad Jacobs like picking up um, a bunch of new like younger guys and doing that thing. It's Possibly. it's interesting. Um, I remember hearing on another podcast, I believe, um, I could be totally wrong here, but people commenting that this team would be the first to break up yeah, and that the dynamics were no good. And I don't really buy that. I mean, I'm not saying it won't happen, but I find it pretty hard to say that when they lost the final of the Olympic trials. I mean... But they weren't doing... Even before the Olympic trials, they weren't doing so well... Last year was kind of like they're just a little, yeah, they're not like they they used to be. But also, we don't know what's happening behind closed doors. And it's fair to say they've been on a little bit of a decline. But I mean, uh, that's why I didn't really think of them as uh, major contenders to go to the Olympics. But damn, did they ever get close? Yeah. So there's still something there. I think if the team does break up, I do think that it's going to be in part because a couple of people decide to step away from the game. Maybe. But you know what? Just before we move on to the new team, the next team, I'm going to make a bold prediction right now. Okay. I could be totally wrong, but if I actually got get this right, you heard it here first, Darren Molding is not going to stay in New Brunswick. Well, no. It's a no. one-year So thing. this is a one-year thing. So I predict not even Mark a Kennedy- one-year thing. <laughs> yeah, a one-briar thing. I predict that uh, Darren Molding will uh, step in and that we'll have Brad will stay with Ryan and EJ and Darren Molding will be the new third. You heard it here first. I don't see that happening, but you know what? We'll um, keep that in I mind. I think they're all like very similar people, though. There's a lot of intensity on that team. And uh, I think Darren is just like that. I, it could be interesting. Could be, could be. If I gave them an idea, I, I expect royalties, by the way. Like I, I want like 10% of all the winnings from their cash fields for me throwing this idea out there. But right. Um, moving on, we have the team Northwest Territories from the Yellowknife Curling Club. Same as always. Uh, Jamie Cooey, Glenn Kennedy, Cole Parsons, and... Shadrick? I don't Shadrick? know how to pronounce that. Maybe. Shadrack McLeod. So Jamie Cooey, brother of Kevin Cooey and Carrie Galusha. I wonder if there'll be a surprise again this year. Like sometimes 
they they make it really far and sometimes they end up in last place we never know. yeah they can they're always uh they're they're a tough team to beat i'm gonna i'm gonna err on the side of them saying uh maybe perhaps not that great just and i could be completely wrong here but i i don't recognize any of the players on his team like we all know jamie cooey but um i think this is a totally new lineup i would i think i don't recognize any of them by the way at first from a distance i thought the third looked like torger nergard he does but then i look closer and maybe not yeah from far away i know my reasoning for why they may not be performing as well this year is because there's still no briar patch (laughs) (laughs) there is that it is well documented that jamie has a good time at the briar patch (laughs) yeah some people joke that he's he goes to the briar just to go to the briar patch and doesn't and as opposed to actually playing that's it the quality of the patch affects the quality of his play (laughs) Exactly. Um, then we got Team Nova Scotia from the Halifax Curling Club. Paul, uh, Paul Fleming, Scott Sachary, Ryan Abraham, and Philip Crowell. Yeah, um, Paul Fleming had a, probably his 50th briar or something like that. I've, I've already admitted this on the podcast, but I, 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 have a, I love Paul Fleming. I think uh, I, everybody else is a full-time curler pretty much and he runs this uh, fish and chips restaurant in the Halifax Harbor and just goes to curl when he's not working and uh, one of those old-timey stories I love it yeah that's such a Canadian thing exactly if I'm ever in Halifax I'm gonna have to go uh... oh for sure you have to make a stop oh okay I have questions about the next team (laughs) (laughs) we got team Nunavut from the Iqaluit Curling Club uh, Peter McKay, Mark Pillsworth, Jeff Nado, and Greg Howard. Who I don't believe is related to Russ or Glenn Howard, unfortunately. But he could be because for all I know, I don't know what he looks like because he's not in the picture. <laughs> no, they only have a three-man team in the picture. But I assume they will be um, bringing a fourth along to the Briar. Yeah, very interesting team picture, though. <laughs> I mean, I think none of everyone doesn't expect much from none of it. I hope that that changes. Yeah, it's going to take... It was the same thing with um, Northwest Territories and Yukon, right? For the longest time, they were just that, like, easy win uh, for everyone. Um, and that's changed now. Yeah, so. and I'm, I'm going to say something extremely controversial here. Uh, quick side note, but um, the Nunavut team at the Tournament of Hearts, they went winless, but they were a tough team to beat. They almost had Krista McCarvel beaten. And in fact, they had a huge lead on her too. And then one of the players sadly burnt a rock and ended up giving up three as a result, a steal of three. So they were a tough team to beat, even though they didn't win a single game. But the unfortunate thing is that the skip was from Nova Scotia and the third and the, and the second were going to school in, I believe, Dalhousie. So they were basically a Nova Scotia team. And the thing that I find sad is it was really good to see a competitive team out of Nunavut. But how did they get so competitive? By leaving Nunavut. Yeah, well, this is the thing with um, the Northern Territories. Like, we complain, you know, here that the Maritime teams or Quebec, like, we have no funding and it's hard to travel and blah, blah, blah. It's like... 10 times harder for these northern remote cities because I mean Iqaluit is remote and it's like on an island in the north arctic circle with what like a population of a couple thousand what I question with it is that if you are is it is it even good to have a team um and I want to say yes like let's let's be optimistic and let's hope that this can start something but they're always going to be at such a tremendous disadvantage that 
It's unfortunate. I, you know how we were talking about the Olympics last week? There was an argument that we should get rid of women's hockey as an Olympic sport because it's a two-country race between Canada and the United States. And I get that argument that the rest of the country, it's like they're not even playing the same sport, right. the other countries that are not Canada or the United States. But I don't, I really deep down don't think that exclusion is going to help anything. But it is a fair statement yeah, it's just, I think the format of our national championships right now is that every province and territory gets to have a team. So you kind of, you have to. I prefer that to exclusion. Yeah, if they want to send a team, then so be it. If you have to accept them, you can't just disqualify them because what, you're not good enough. It's just, uh, I if they're going to be part of this, I'd like to see something done to help them. I know it's really yeah. hard, but something. But also the Callaway, like Curling and Nunavut hasn't been around for a long time either. So it's going to take a long time uh, mm-hmm. just because, yeah, it's uh, not a lot of people live there. And it's <laughs> very remote. Uh, then moving on to Team Ontario from the, I can never Penetanguishine? Is that it? Penetanguishine? How remote is that? Penetanguishine? Anyways, you know him. Glenn Howard, Scott Howard, Dave Mathers, and Tim March. So Glenn Howard, at it again. I love it. Hey, you know what? Why not? Keep playing until you can't play anymore. And uh, again, we I'll make the argument here is that uh, this is not some job that he's stealing from anybody else. He won the right to, to be here. They beat John Epping in the final. Uh, and Glenn didn't play. His son had to skip. <laughs> Glenn's knee ha- was having some issues. Okay, so um, I still have a problem, though. Like, at that <laughs> point, Glenn, just like retire man i don't know i think it's good that they showed that his son could take over the team and still play quite well but uh hey glenn is such an integral part of the team and uh i don't know i i to me all the more power to him he's cementing his legacy as one of the greatest curlers of all time not that he needed to oh i thought it, i think it was already cemented i think it's this is an argument that comes back all the time it's like when do you retire like at your peak or right after your peak or you just keep going and then you just you're on that downward trajectory and then you you just end up leaving on a low note you know but the way I see it is that he's playing for love of the game and I really admire that because I think there comes a time where we could take a briar winner and you and I could beat them uh when they reach a certain age and uh we have done that we played in a curling club with a briar winner from granted a long 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 time ago but um, what's very interesting is I think I could go play Glenn when he's 85 and he'll still whoop me. But when I say retire, I mean, he can still play curling. It's not a thing. But like before, I mean, what, 15 years ago, he really like when him and Kevin Martin were. Were the big two teams. Were the big yeah. team, like I remember that. But now I have to go back and think about it. Like, oh, yeah, there was that time when he was like that. Now I think Glenn Howard, I just think the guy that will show up, you don't know if he has a back problem or not. You know, like, <laughs> it's just, it, it taints your legacy a little bit. Like, I, respect, I, I disagree. I respect the hustle. But at one point when you've been to 50 Briars. I, I disagree. It'd be different if he were, um, if he were a difficult guy to root for, which right. I don't think he is. He's never done anything that uh, I've... Like what we've already called out Brendan Botcher for his thing. If Brendan Botcher's still around at age 60 and kicking off players for personal reasons, I'll be asking him to retire. Right. But uh, I don't know. I like it. And my final note on this is that this is not going to attract people to the game because <laughs> people are like, oh, what? So a 60 year old man can play at the Briar? Granted, they don't know the background of 
Glenn Howard or who, who he is, but having like, I sound so ageist right now, but if there people are already like, oh, curling's an old man sport, why do you play that? It's old man sport. And then you have a 65 year old winning the nationals. It's not a good look. Yeah, I suppose. Glenn is one of his first, Glenn won his first briar before either of us were born. That's true. <laughs> so, oh. And we're not that young anymore. Uh, but you know what, Kelly, that is true. However, the fact that I'm looking at them here and uh, their team picture and how they're sponsored by the beer store. I don't know. Maybe that makes up for it a little bit. Maybe. Um, then we got Team Prince Edward Island from the Crapo Community Curling Club. Uh, Tyler Smith, Adam Cox, Ed White, and Ryan Lowry. Where's Eddie McKenzie? I don't know, but these guys don't have a team picture, so... Do they not have cameras on Prince Edward Island? What the heck? Then Team Quebec from the Glenmore Curling Club in DDO. Uh, we saw them last year, Michael Fournier, Martin Crête, Felix Asselin, and Jean-François Tripagny. So this was a little controversial. That's right. In the Quebec curling world. Because this was the only team, to our knowledge, that was, that was selected. Mm-hmm. Uh, every other team won a provincial to be here, whereas this team um, was appointed to represent Quebec. That's because um, even though things started to reopen in Quebec, it is still illegal, Kelly, to have a tournament. Tournaments are get the green light as of tomorrow. So Quebec was like, we could do a one-day provincial and send the winner to the briar that starts at the end of the week, but obviously they can't do that. Picking a team to go represent the province is never an easy task, and you're never going to please any everyone. And some people were not pleased. Uh, others thought that other teams were a little more, des- I don't want to say deserving, because I guess everyone kind of deserves to go. But the rationale behind the decision is what was questioned. Yeah, especially because like there's two big glaring problems. Because uh, you can look at the fact that yes, they lost the Quebec circuit finals to another team that was all that I mean is, is diff- I think the thing that makes it awkward is that Mike Fournier was at the pre trials and he announced his retirement after the pre-trials, he was going to move to Toronto and stop curling. And now he's kind of been brought back out of that. Um, And the other controversy is, um, well, one of the players put out some statements that we both felt were a little bit insensitive, and not just us. There were several others about the cancellation of the mixed doubles trials and uh, not the kind of public statement you should be trying to make if you're trying to get selected or trying to maintain a good public image. So... That too appears to, from our sources, have rubbed people, rubbed, rubbed people the wrong way. Yeah, and I, I we mentioned this uh, a couple weeks ago when we did talk about this incident. Um, you know, in this day and age, you have to be very aware of what you're putting out there and how it could be interpreted. Because even if it's your own personal social media page, it is public domain. Um, yeah, anybody going to the briar, it's public domain. Yeah. you got to be careful with what you write. Exactly. And yeah, if you're going to a national event, media yeah. can pick this up. So you just really have to be careful. And a lot of curlers, they're amateur athletes, so they don't necessarily have like PR training or anything. And I think that's something we have to like, as a country look into, especially like the more, I guess, elite uh, players, but also like in this day and age, uh, even outside of curling, you have to be careful of what you post online. And um, yeah, I'm just gonna leave it at that yeah and very quick i don't blame the federation for picking them even though this is a more contra there is a little bit of controversy behind it and i don't support any of the people that are ripping this on facebook or anything like that because what is the federation supposed to do no one wants to make these tough decisions so i don't blame anybody there it's just i think it's important we acknowledge why uh this is 
mm-hmm. why people are not pleased with this team. Anyways, Team Saskatchewan. Uh, this was an upset. Yeah, so from the Nutella Curling Club in Saskatoon, uh, we have Skip Colton Flash, Kate, uh, Catelyn Schneider, Kevin Marsh, and Daniel Marsh. So the Marsh brothers are identical twins, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, Pat Simmons is the alternate. So this team beat Matt Dunstone in the final. It was a bit of an upset. It was interesting to see. That's okay. Dunstone still found a way to get into the bride. He's still coming, there. yes. Team Yukon, we have uh, from the White Horse Curling Club, Thomas Goffin, Trig Jensen, Joe Wallingham, and Evan Latos. Uh, so Thomas Goffin, he's uh, been around. I think he's come out of Yukon ever since he started curling and was eligible to go to the junior national right. event. He probably made his first juniors at like 11 or 12 yeah. and went every year. And But you know what? I got to say, because here we were a moment ago questioning the existence of Nunavut. And Thomas Goffin is a really good story because when he went to university, he went to the University of Alberta or somewhere in Alberta. So he started playing down out of Alberta and he won Alberta. Mm-hmm. So... What it clearly showed was that he was a very good curler. People, I think, were quick to dismiss him just because he came from the Yukon. He had an automatic pass, but it really made him a good curler. Anybody who can win Alberta has to know what they're doing. And he nearly won Canada. He lost the Canadian final to Matt Dunstone on a really crazy shot. Let's wrap it up with our team wildcards. So wildcard number one from the St. John's Curling Club, our Olympic representatives, Brad Gushu, Mark Nichols, Brett Gallant, Jeff Walker, essentially got off a plane from Beijing and headed to the Briar. From Beijing to Lethbridge. Uh, what do you think about this? This is controversial that because we've never had a, an Olympic team at the Briar. Okay, I don't know how I feel about it, but what it comes down to is I can't come up with a good enough argument for them not to be there. Like some, a part of me like doesn't want them to be there because you went to the Olympics. But then when you think about it, it's like, I can't find a good enough argument why we should deny them a place. I, I, that's well said. I, I sort of agree with you. Like I can, I have some arguments against it, just mainly being that this is unprecedented. I, I did look it up. Uh, there was a wild card in 2018 at, during the last Winter Olympics. Um, the wild card team that year was Mike McEwen. Kevin Cooey would have been the wildcard team. He led the CTRS whatever. Um, he absolutely would have been the wildcard team. But on Wikipedia, it says in brackets, ineligible. It was a rule. If you were going to the Olympics, you were not going to the Briar. So uh, the wildcard spot went to what well, was a play-in game. It was Mike McEwen versus Jason Gunlickson. Right. But they were two and three in terms of the standings. Number one was Cooey and he was not eligible. So this is a change in the rules. And where is that? Where is they have that and you couldn't do it for the women's side? I kind of don't like it. You couldn't do it for the women's side because logistically it would not work. I know, but I still think it's uh, awkward. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, I don't know. The good thing is I don't care that much. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, it's awkward. But then it, can you really compare it? Like the reason why the women's couldn't have like couldn't participate is because they were in Beijing at the same time, whereas the buyer is happening after so i suppose i think the real reason i'm just not a big fan and has nothing to do with brad gushu it's just that i've never liked the wild card concept i get that i get why it exists and yes i get that it's a good compromise but i'm really not a big fan and having three three wild card teams just makes me roll my eyes and so i think that's why i was like Ugh. But even if I were Team Gushu, like, wouldn't you just want a break and just decompress from what you went through at the Olympics? 
I have to imagine that this is probably the least excited they've ever been for a briar. First of all, they go to the briar every freaking year. And co- just coming off of this, like, I'm, it's not, again, not to be unfair here. I'm sure they're going to get up for it. I'm sure they're going to be ready for it. But compared to the, every other briar they've been to, this has to be the one that they care the least about. Exactly. Like, take the time off. But I guess Brad, Brad Gushu is like the Tom Brady of curling. He just wants to play and everything and if he has a shot to go to the worlds and that and get the team Canada for next year like I can totally see him yeah and I know we're running long but I also think I don't know how much of this is him but I think it's curling Canada calling him up being like hey guess what you're going to the briar and Brad's not going to say no but I'm wondering if it's I went I'm wondering if even he knew this was going to be a thing I don't know I put that on pure speculation I that's what we do though (laughs) (laughs) yeah take that with a grain of salt I don't know I'm sure he's into it, but I think it's fair to say not as into it as he would normally be. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then for the other wild cards, uh, so wild card two, we, like we just mentioned from the Highland Curling Club in Regina, we have Matt Dunstone, Breda Mouskoui is back and, with Kirk Myers and Dustin Kidby. To wrap it all up, team wild card from Morris, Manitoba, not from a curling club, just Morris. Uh, we got Jason Gunlickson, Adam Casey, Matt Wozniak, and Connor Negevin. So some interesting wildcard teams. Interesting to note that uh, John Epping is not one of them. So no briar at all for any member of his team. So uh, right before we wrap this up, should we put in our picks for this year? I think so. Um, so we should just say very quickly because Curling Canada's website is not very good. Uh, it doesn't even tell you who the pools are. So... Just very quickly, Pool A, in order of their ranking, I wrote it down here, is Alberta, Ontario, Wildcard 2, which is Matt Dunstone, uh, Saskatchewan, Canada. Man, Canada's seeded pretty low. Newfoundland, New Brunswick, Prince Edward Island, Yukon. And then uh, Pool B is Wildcard 1, which is Gushu, um, North Ontario, Manitoba, Wildcard 3, which is Gunlickson, Quebec, Nova Scotia, BC, Northwest, Nunavut. So are you picking your top three to... Uh, Total, top three total, because you don't got time to to waste on the other stuff. Okay, so I think you should go first this time, because I think I went first last time. Oh, it's hard. I think I've got mine. I'll I'll go for it. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna say uh, Kui wins the whole thing. Of course, I I don't mean Jamie. Sadly, I think he's gonna defeat uh, Mike McEwen in the final. Okay. Uh, and the third place team will be Brad Jacobs. Okay, mine was, is quite similar to yours. I also was going to put Kui. Actually, no, I won't put Kui because you put Kui. I'll pick someone okay. else. I'll go with Jacobs for number one. Okay. I'll put uh, number three, I'll put Kui. Or, sorry, number two, I'll put Kui. And then number three, I'm going to go a little little wild here. A little off the board? Yeah. I'm going to, you know what? Let's go with Saskatchewan. Do you mean Colton Flash or Matt Dunstone? Flash. Oh, interesting. Dark horse pick. I like yeah, it. Yeah, we're going dark horse. Hey, it helps me a lot in um, the, the competition. Yeah, the women. we'll be doing our office pools. And I just have one more question for you, Kelly. Um, what are you going to do with that uh, music playing cooler? <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it on my balcony and have cold beers in the summertime <laughs> while listening to the Hunter Brothers. <laughs> 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 All right, catch us next week. Bye. <laughs>